those up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Together, Brian and Ove Albion podcast. We are in the final stretch, stretch for the century mark. Um, and I thought it was only right that, you know, on episode 80, a nice round number, um, we get somebody in who is a bit of a Brighton legend. Um, with the downtime we have going on right now, as we all know, for the last three months, it's been a downtime. Um, we've been kind of scrambling around and there's been about eight new Albion podcasts started for people with lots of spare time to spare. Um, and they have all been able to get some excellent interviews with people. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to a couple of them. Um, and we've been no different at Together Towers, uh, getting Alan Navarro in, uh, El Capitan Bruno, um, breaking that, that podcast out there, uh, little bit of an Albion exclusive really I don't think anybody had had the privilege of getting such a great chat with him um, before that so we were very lucky indeed to get that Um, and then not only that but we have decided that this week uh, we will speak to Peter Ward um, Albion legend uh, for a lot of you out there listening that are of the right age um, I'm sure you will appreciate that he is an absolute monster um, and for the Albion fans that were not even born when he played football like myself um, actually have a huge amount of reverence and respect for him too um, he tells a little story about that on the show um, about uh, just fans of all ages and and their love for Peter Ward um, so that is the interview coming in today uh, and the other thing I really want to put out there is just who do who do you want to hear from next? Um, the Albion have been fantastic. I'm sure you've seen it all over social media. They are breaking the mold for a Premier League club. Um, they are doing press conferences when no one else is. They are doing media interactions when nobody else is. Um, so if you have uh, somebody you would like me to chat to, whether it's current Albion, past Albion, uh, anybody really, you know, you asked for Crofts, I gave you Crofts, you asked for Bruno, I gave you Bruno, uh, you didn't ask for Wardy, but I'm giving you Wardy anyway, um, just name it, you know, I, I will go out there and I will do my very level best to get you that interview, um, you know, this is a podcast by a fan for the fans, um, and that is what it will always be primarily, so if you have somebody in mind that you would love to have me chat to, um, and just kind of hear their story and hear more about them, um, just let me know, and I will try my best to get in touch with them, um, so yeah, I will also post a tweet asking this same question, so definitely get in touch, definitely just throw out names, whoever it is, um, I will, I will work hard to get them on, 
Um, it's not like they have a lot else to do right now, right? <laughs> uh, in other news, football is back. They are training. Um, so we will see if it actually ever does kick off. We've already had a bunch of positive tests. Um, looks like Albion's uh, chemical warfare campaign is going well, as apparently, uh, according to Leeds and Liverpool fans, we are we are purposely infecting the world with coronavirus to not get relegated. Um, I believe we actually just passed a thousand days of not being in the relegation zone, but that doesn't make any sense. So who cares? We'll ignore it. Um, yeah. So enjoy the Wardy interview. Um, and you know, in the coming weeks, we may well be back to reviewing games. Um, personally not that uh, not that keen on a fanless uh, gaming experience after watching a couple of uh, the Bundesliga games but um, I mean, there's too much money in the game not to try and go ahead right so what does it matter what I think um, so have a good week have a safe week or weeks depending on when I'm back um, and enjoy the Wardy interview you are without doubt a uh, an absolute Albion legend and my dad about pooped his pants when I told him that I was getting you on the show <laughs> <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really happy you were able to come on I think it was quite interesting for fans of kind of Josh and I's generation who who unfortunately didn't get a chance to actually see you play but I remember when I first started going in the mid 90s I remember the first game I went to hearing a Peter Ward song and it's almost like page one of the Albion fans handbook it's basically you hear this song and you go who's Peter Ward and someone at the back goes I'll tell you and then they give you, they regale virtually every yeah, game, yeah, yeah, virtually yeah. every shot you ever had for the I mean, We came so, yeah. down from the Amex a couple of seasons ago after a match, and we got the train from uh, the Amex. And as we walk in from the state, we're in the station, and this kid is 21, comes up, he starts hugging me and, and telling me everything about myself. I'm thinking, <laughs> 21, how the hell? And he, he took us to this pub, and there was a load of fans there as well. But it's uh, it was it was amazing. This kid, I couldn't believe it. It's funny. I say it's like the first thing you get taught. You taught pretty much your uncle, your dad, whoever you go with, basically goes. You need to know who Peter Ward was. That's like that's kind of <laughs> stage one, and then you move on from there. So, anyway. well, that's good. That's nice. <laughs> it is cool. So, Josh, are you good? Do you want to kick off? Yeah, um, so uh, Robin got you over the questions, so we're good to crack on with them. Um, so I, I think both of us have done some reading into you, yourself, and whatever that 21-year-old was looking into as well, I guess. Um, yeah, so it seems that your parents both had musical backgrounds. So I guess question one, before we even get onto the Albion stuff, is are you a musical guy? Um, is there a chance you could have done that instead? Was there a chance uh, you could have... I suppose... Uh... I played the drums um, when I played in Seattle. There was a two or three players who could play guitar and sing, so I played the drums and we did a couple of shows. It was it was great. <laughs> but and then uh, my brother-in-law had a set of drums and he had nowhere to put them, so I had him in the garage. Uh, I had them there about six months, and the wife said no more. <laughs> so uh, they had to go. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, we love music, so. My mum and dad were in a band, like a carnival band, you know, the, like, and uh, my granddad formed the band in geez, years and years ago, and uh, the band's still going. Oh, wow. And really 
Yeah, I mean, obviously they're not in it, but the band's still going and family still runs the band. So, wow, that's really cool. And that's one nice. of the uh, one of my cousin's boys, who's I mean, he's in his forties, but he's um, he's writing a book or doing a documentary on the band. So, um, that's and really he's a neat, musician actually. as well. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, we just, I know it's a sort of it's a slightly random starting point, but just it was something that jumped out when I was doing a bit of reading in a couple of different places. So I just thought slinging it in as an opening question. Um, I actually anyway. used to play the euphonium. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, wow. That's unexpected. Mm. I don't know why, but <laughs> 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 anyway, um, on to the on to the kind of the, the more serious business. Um, what were your first impressions of, of Brighton as a city and a club when you signed? Had you had you been to the place before, or was it kind of totally no, we, out of the uh, when you first arrived? Well, so I didn't drive uh, then, and a cousin of mine drove uh, down to Brighton, and as we coming over the dike, you know, water hall over the, and you see the water and everything else. I thought, wow, this looks very nice and uh, we were put up with uh, Neil Martin and Phil Beale in a house in Rottingdean the three of us in a huge house on the on the seafront it was beautiful big house five six seven bedrooms whatever and uh, yeah we were there for a couple of weeks and then uh, Brian put me in a, uh, a house they they rented and they put me in a house with my ex-wife, and uh, and then oh. it started from there. And and the club was. Did you get an instant kind of feeling that this was going to be somewhere yeah, special? Yeah, I, I was very scared to start with. You know, coming in, and uh, we used to change. I used to change in the reserve changing room. With, you know, with all the reserves and that. Mm. I was number thirty-one, and. Uh, yeah, and then Nana, you know, we train with the first team now and again, and then uh, eventually towards the end of the 74, 75, 75, 76 season, I got in the first team, and and that was it. That was it. Yeah, I was moved to the first, the first moment, team dressing room. In fact, I'd, I'd play. I was still in the reserve team dressing room getting changed uh, when I was playing in the first team. Wow, I think that's something as a fan you don't. I don't know if the culture's like that still now, but that's something you don't, you, you kind of don't really even think about, do you? Kind of having to. Yeah, make I that. think they all change in the. Of course, the changing rooms now are huge, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah. I mean, when exactly. we were playing, they're about as big as the toilets now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We'd have um, there'd be uh, one big bath and about three showers. There's, well, yeah. they've got like their own ensuite, pretty much, don't they? By the looks of it. Yeah. What was the? Uh, what was the? I'm going to jump in. Cause I have one after this. What was? The, what was the transfer process like back then? Because you were at Burton Albion first, right? So what was yeah. it? What was it like back then? Because nowadays everything's in the papers. You know exactly what's going on. Someone's got a picture of them at the airport on a plane and a car. What? What was? What was the transfer system like? Yeah, back well, then? they they turned up. I got on the bike and. Uh... No, it was, uh, they just said, Brian, they're interested. I was at Burton, and the fee was, I think, £4,500. And uh, I came down, and my first 
pay was £50 a week, which was great. <laughs> I was playing football. I didn't care how much I got. And, um, That's it, isn't it? And then at the end of the season, when I started in the first team, the, of course, Pete Taylor was still manager, and uh, he got me in his office, and he said, uh, well, he gave me a new contract. And more money, uh, money up front. So I was very happy. Very happy days. And then he left. <laughs> so I suppose he looked after me and then left. That was it. But you were thinking, yeah, I mean, that's it. If you love playing football and someone's going to pay you and then increase what they're paying you. Yeah, yeah. We didn't happy care days. what we got. Yeah, it was good. Josh. For real. Um, so I guess that you were here for, you were at the Albion for, well, I mean, you were there for a little bit on loan um, in 82 and you were there for about five years. Uh, do you have any kind of, or like, I'm sure you do, what are those kind of standout moments or achievements um, that you're most proud of during your time at the Albion? We won promotion twice, didn't we? Won promotion, yeah. won promotion to the top division. Um, we missed out the season before when Tottenham and Southampton didn't even attack each other's goals, drew nil-nil. Oh, played out like a, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, these days, yeah. can you imagine if, they, if that happened these days? Yeah. If it was, well, I'd love it if the Albion did that to relegate like well, we, uh, yeah, terrible terrible just passing the ball about but hey and I said well you know we'll go up next season we, even then I thought oh my god you know it's another hard season but but we we did it it was tremendous and, uh, I think you can still see some of the videos now of some of those promotion games in that season and I think the sheer number of fans going to these games. I think it was, yeah, was, it, was it that season there was, yeah. was it Newcastle away that season at some point where absolutely, it seems like every fan of a certain generation That was, was that the, game. that season is the last game. We had yeah. to win. Yeah. Uh, we got yeah and that was, I think you goal. see, and I remember talking to a lot of fans, say everyone you talked to kind of my dad's generation, basically every Albion fan you speak to went to that game. Seemingly. <laughs> we came back on the train because we had our carriage at the front, but we just mingled with the fans the whole way back. It was, it was brilliant. It was a great ride, long, long train ride back. It was good though. I can imagine. It's quite, uh, it's quite funny the the parallels that I'm hearing. Like compare that see those two seasons to the most recent promotion ones. That like the the heartbreak at the end, and then going again the next season, and even yeah. down even down to the train ride. And <laughs> people, really, I know. People living here, yeah. I mean, it's great at the at the moment. Premier League. It's uh, three years now, and it's we've got to stay in there. It's yeah. uh, it's important, and uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with the season. I wouldn't mind it being cancelled, so we don't get you know. There's no chance of getting relegated. Yeah, that's. I mean, um, we've been discussing that. It's um, in quite a lot of detail, but I think whatever option they go with, someone's going to be unhappy. So, yeah. It is what it is. Oh, well. Um, probably quite a difficult question next, because um, I know that you played with some great players probably in, in several different teams whilst you were there. But I was going to say who was the best player that you played with at the Albion, but I think that's probably a bit harsh. So I was going to say maybe who were the top two or three that you played with at the time that you were there? Um, obviously, Loro was in the yeah. top. Brian Horton was a captain as well. 
Gosh, we had Graham Cross at the back just when I first got in the team. He was brilliant. Uh, I think the best who played with me was Ian Meller. Um, there's been a few. It's, uh, Sully, Sully's a good player. Oh, yeah, Sully's a good shout. Um, just thinking back and... Uh, Ray um, Clark, he did well as well with me. Played, but I played well with him as well. Yeah. Um, I know it's difficult because it was. I mean, in, generally, when you're in a successful team, you t- tend to have a few standouts to make the team successful, right? So it's it's difficult to yeah, we had a, it down. But a pretty good squad. Of, yeah. Although I mean, nowadays there's only one sub. Yeah. You know? So. The goal got hurt when you went in goal. Wild. That is it's, it's amazing, really isn't it? Thinking yeah. back on sub. That is, um, that is absolutely wild. It probably would have suited Chris Hutton that, to be honest, having one sub. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Josh. Yeah, so on, on the other side of things, I mean, I know we spoke, like we said, we spoke to Bruno a couple of weeks ago and we asked him of some of those tougher opponents that he had. And he was talking about Messi and Ronaldo. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to see for you as a forward, who was uh, who were some of those like nightmare games that you had to play against? You saw someone on the team sheet and you thought, ah, oh, shit, this is going to be a tough day. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's a few, and you know, especially... Uh, starting off, there was some hackers, you know, um, going about when I first started. And uh, you used to say, I'm going to break your leg or whatever. And I say, yeah, when you catch me, you know. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, looking, when we got in the top division, most of the opponents were pretty tough, whoever you were playing against. Um I remember playing against Emily Hughes when he was at Wolves. And you're thinking before the match, well, you know, he, he was a great player, England, Liverpool. I got that trick. So I quite enjoyed playing against him. But um, <laughs> but Stielicker, when I was at Forest, we played Real Madrid and Stielicker, German centre-back, marked me, kicked me all over the place. Um, he was tough. Um, back again with Brighton, we played... In, I think it was Holland, and we pre-season we played the it was East and West Germany. Then we played the East German national team, and uh, I got sent off. This kid was just kicking the crap out of me, so I did the old Georgie best, you know. I said, "Come on," and I knocked the ball past him, and he just took me out tight and like body high, and uh, I just turned around. And I just kicked him right in the nuts. I got sent off, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, it was one of them things, you know, it was just, it was uh, happening, but enjoyable. I think when I see some videos of the tackles that players used to get away with back then, I mean, now you would just, you'd be off with that first tackle. I know, I think yeah, you would. As a striker, you must think playing, if you were playing in this era, where I think you get, strikers get a bit more protection from the referees, I think you'd probably have had... <laughs> probably even more of a of a heyday yeah yeah right you could tackle from behind and everything back then it was um just, used to get bruised and the thing is if i if you if you're down for longer than a few seconds your own teammates are saying get up he only kicks you get up you know so <laughs> there was no rolling around or anything your own teammates would kick you otherwise 
<laughs> that is a yeah, it's a real contrast, isn't it? We could probably um, do a bit more of that, honestly. Now, <laughs> yeah, I think we could. Yeah. It's gone a little bit the other way, hasn't it? Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's uh, gone ridiculous yeah. at times. Yeah, there's some of the some Great of the to watch though. I mean, I love watching the Premier League. I do. Yeah. yeah, the problem that I've got is you get a lot of these players that you think you're skillful enough to not have to go down. You know, when you get like the slightest touch and they hit the floor, you think if it's someone like David Silva or Sterling or De Bruyne or Mane or Salah, and you think you're good enough to stay on your feet and take the ball past the defender and off you go, they get the slightest touch and they hit the ground, and you think you're yeah, better. I think, like, they, you I better think they, they, yeah, sometimes if they stayed on their feet, they'd have a better advantage. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think yeah. they, they just feel it and they, they think, oh, we've got an advantage free kick or whatever, and, and, and they'll go down. Yeah. It's I tough to get the refs. I mean, we slaughter refs, but it's a tough job. Yeah, I didn't want to go, to be honest. Anyway, I think there was, what were we talking about? There was a, we heard an interview with Mike Dean recently, who obviously was a bit of an Albion uh, kind of hate figure for the Middlesbrough game. I don't know if you remember, he sent off. Dale Stevens in that game where they had to win at the Riverside. Oh, yeah, away. Um, yeah, yeah and oh, Gaston Ramirez was wearing what appeared to be a child-size shin pad and uh, got the <laughs> kind of the, the gash on his leg. And oh, um, no, Mike Dean that, yeah. got absolute pelters from uh, from Albion fans. But I heard an interview. It was on Peter Crouch's podcast actually. Uh, they had an interview with him, and it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to how t- how tough a job. A referee has got you wouldn't fancy it i don't think no there's no way no anyway very, very moving on to your uh, to your time away from the albion obviously you, you went and signed for for nottingham forest yeah um a very very big club at the time um under brian clough yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i know there's there's lots of lots of very famous stories floating around about about Brian Clough and how much of a character he was, but what were your personal memories of him? How did you find him as a character? Yeah, it was okay at times. He he, he he sort of loved you, and then other times he'd hate you. It was it was <laughs> strange at times, you know. Um, when I made my debut, he said that was the best debut I've seen, and and other times <clears throat> he wouldn't he wouldn't um, like slaughter me, <clears throat> but you know. But like he, he's gone to other players, <coughs> excuse me. He's gone to other players and said, "Son, the way you're playing, you must be retarded." You know, he, he's, he was terrible at times. But he, because um, he never really did any coaching, he'd get a bunch of good players and send them out and play. We never did any tactics or anything. It was just five sides in training and keep away. You know, keep you know, and there was no. We do corners and stuff, but no tactical play or anything. So it was more kind of a, a man manager, really. Yeah, he was good at it. Very good. That is wild. <laughs> I think these days he'd turn up in the Premier League. What are we doing today? I'll just we'll have a we'll have a kick around, and then Saturday we'll beat them five nil. Go yeah. out. <laughs> That's what he used to say. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose for you, from your perspective, it must be, it's quite cool to have played under someone who's that iconic in British football as a, you know, yeah, as, I mean, a, as, a, as a coach. Yeah. Well, we just he, said not he, as a coach, as a manager. You should have probably given him the England job at one stage. 
you know, not near the end of his career, but, you know, sort of after he'd been a few years, because he, he was, he was great with man management, getting players to play well. He, he, he G'd them up and he, he was good. Him and Peter Taylor used to go against each other and it was, uh, they were a good combo. Yeah, that's good insight. I mean, you read all the stories about Cluffy, and it's it's there. Uh, it must have been, yeah, like Robin said, a real, a real, uh, real unique opportunity to play on. Yeah, board. it's it's wild. I mean, I went to a I went to a sportsman's dinner recently, and the speaker was Duncan McKenzie. Oh right, probably, probably aware oh, of Duncan. Him. Yeah. Um, in fact, I used to go in a pub. Uh, before I went to Burton Albion. And Duncan used to use the same pub. So we got to know him then. And then when I went to Burton and Brighton, I just have to see him quite often because he lived uh, not too far from where I did. And, uh, he was a great speaker, actually. And, yeah, some of the, some of the tales he had, um, he had about Cluffy were wild. I think there was one. I can't remember if he was talking about himself or someone else. There was a young player, I think, and Forrest got to the cup final. And the, the young player went to see... Cluffy and basically said, "Can I have a couple of tickets for my parents?" And Clough basically said, "If you're expecting the rest of the population to pay to come and see you play, why should your parents be any different?" Yeah, it was mad. He, uh, we lost. He hated Frank Worthington because of a reason. Him and Shilton hated each other, so Cluffy hated Frank Worthington. We played Birmingham away. And we lost 2-0 and Frank scored. So we're coming back and we didn't play well. So we're coming back up uh, the M1 and uh, the bus was going towards Nottingham um, on the, uh, there's Derby way and Nottingham the other way. And I lived in Derby. So uh, I was getting picked up at Leicester Forest East, the, the Watsit station. And uh, so I've walked to the front of the bus and, Clough is sitting there and he says, Albert, drive on. And we went about a mile past and it was pissing, it was peeing down with rain. We just had a blazer and trousers, right? And uh, he said, with a little bit of luck, the little might get run over. And they threw me out here. I had to walk all the way back. Terrible. And another time we won at Sunderland and, uh, of course, Cluffy lived Derby. And uh, the boys asked, were, Cluffy was asking Pete Taylor, who, who lives Derby Way? I need a, a lift when when I get back, you know, we get back and the bus drops us off. He says, only Wardy. He said, oh, God, he'll drop me in the Trent. Because yeah. after that, <laughs> so, we, uh, yeah, we, wow. it was, it was strange. And he'd disappear uh, every other three weeks or so. He was good to Spain and relax. And then he'd come back and it was, it was, that is just, I mean, to hear about that, because obviously, you know, having grown up in an era of football where I don't think that would be tolerated no, by no. anyone, especially, <laughs> it's absolutely, it's wild to, to hear stuff like that. Yeah, he's, uh, he, we went down to um, play Spurs and Dave Needham missed the bus. And we got down there and uh, <clears throat> we're in the changing rooms getting changed. And David Needham's getting changed. He drove, he had to drive, but he beat us there. And uh, Cluffy's there and he says, David, what are you doing? He said, I'm getting changed, boss. He says, no, you're not. You're going home. Off. 
Yeah. Wow. It's just like brutal. But I mean, it, like, yeah. effective, effective man management, right? I mean, yeah, given some of the things again. that he won. Yeah. That's wild. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, so you had uh, a season at Forest, um, to three seasons at Forest, uh, and then you spent a couple of it on loan. Um, you came back to the Albion, of course, for a brief stint. Um, but the one that stands out really next is the way the rest of your career went, and that was to North America, where you are now. Um, and I think that's kind of a bit of a trailblazing move to the US. I mean, I don't know how many people did it previously, um, but I mean, in in our, mine and Robin's generation, I think that we only really took notice of the Major League Soccer at all when David Beckham moved over there, and then it kind of went away again for a bit before coming back in the the mid to 2010 so what was the what was the what was the progression like out there for you how were you scouted by seattle of all places how did that come about and you know what's the uh Alan how do you Newton, who played at derby and forest he was the coach and uh of seattle and he came he came to watch a, a forest reserve game and there was a few of us playing in the reserves because we'd lost at the weekend. <clears throat> and we're playing Man City reserves. And uh, I scored five. So he, he got me after the game. He said, do you fancy coming to Seattle in the summer? <clears throat> I said, yeah, of course. Why not? It's the summer, you know. And uh, so we, we arranged... Uh, that all got arranged, you know, with Cluffy and everything else. So I went on loan for the summer. And then and I, when I came back, uh, that's when I went on loan to Brighton. Because uh, I didn't get on with Cluffy then. Because I'd uh, he tried to get uh, money from me for going to Seattle. And uh, so we, we had a, a bit of a tiff. So uh, I went down to Brighton and it was the cup run and played it. I played at Liverpool. I played all the through, played at Liverpool. We won. And, uh, you know, Brighton wanted to keep me on loan because it was a good cup run in that. And Cluffy said, son, I've never been to a cup final. Neither are you. So uh, I had to go back. And then we had another big blast at each other. And I went back to the U.S., uh, I actually, yeah, went back to Seattle, and then when the uh, that was over, uh, I was going to Vancouver. I went to Vancouver, or I was coming to uh, back here, but back to England, and I was offered more money uh, to go indoor in Cleveland, so I went. It was uh, it was great. It was a great indoor oh, is uh, is wild because that was really that actually was on to our next question because I remember when Josh and I were growing up I don't know if you ever saw it on Sky Sports they used to run like a Legends indoor yeah. tournament you used to have all the you know I remember like Matt Letizia used to have like John Barnes and all the kind of early Premier League players would come and play this and it was wildly popular I mean it, like quite a short format you know very easy to watch a lot of good skills a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean, in Cleveland, it was because the board, it's like you're playing in an ice hockey rink, you know? Yeah. So you're using the boards, you're using, uh, and you're on and off. You're on for about a minute and you're off because you're non-stop all the time. You're switching with someone. And 
when you introduced it was we had the Star Wars theme. We had Darth Vader who used to come out first because we were the Cleveland Force. And uh, yeah. Darth Vader used to come out and crazy so crazy. We used to fill it. 22,000 uh, stadium. Oh. Are you surprised that it hasn't, that it didn't carry on? Um, I think, I'm not sure. Some cities may still have a league, but it was, at one time, it was wild. It was, they were getting more, we were out drawing, we were out drawing the Cavaliers, the basketball team. We were getting more crowds than they were. Good. Oh. And then from I there, having... I did three years there, I went to Tacoma, which is Seattle. And then finished off, I had a bit in Baltimore, Wichita, and then I came, Mark Lawrenson called and said, do you fancy coming to play in Tampa for the summer? Uh, real football again, <laughs> you know, 11 or something. I said, yeah. And uh, so I came down, and of course, when I first came over to the US, I used to think when we played in Tampa and Fort Lauderdale and Jacksonville. You just think, ah, can anyone live in this heat, you know, and play, playing in it? But um, so when I came to Tampa to live, uh, I thought, well, that's it. <laughs> I'm not moving anywhere. So uh, <laughs> it's nice. It's beautiful. Another beautiful day today. We were going to, I was going to do this outside, but there's a lot of people working on their houses. So uh, it's a bit noisy. Yeah, but I'll be sitting out there in a bit. Do you? What do you? What do you think the the major league soccer has to do, or if it, even if it's possible, what do you think they have to do to be able to become kind of relevant on the world stage? Because unfortunately, they're still not. They they attract some top players at the end of their career, but they do. And I mean, the crowds are. I mean, Atlanta are getting seventy thousand. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, the crowds are unreal. On the West Coast, Paul in Seattle, they all sell out. Um, so it, it's 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 pretty big now, but the standard is some of the teams will probably be championship perhaps, uh, and there are some good players, but um, it's not. I actually don't want that much of it. So. <laughs> and then in recent years, we've seen it's become a bit more of a feeder for the Premier League. I mean, you've seen Almiron come across to Newcastle yeah, and yeah. look a decent player. Um, I guess, I suppose they, they probably need quite a household name to go there at the peak of their career yeah. rather than towards the end, I would guess. But, I mean, I enjoy watching it. I think they say the standard is a bit variable, but I enjoy it. You see a lot of players that you... Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, see. I do watch it. Um, I mean, I watch... We get every Premier League game. So I'm watching football all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> So it's great that I see Brighton all the time. Um, but I watch the MLS. Of course, obviously, when we're watching the Premier League, it's either in the morning or the afternoon. It's great. And then watching the MLS later on in the day. But, um, yeah, I hope uh, Beckham's team does well. Um, they're, in, they're in Fort Lauderdale, obviously. Well, oh. might but they're playing in Fort Lauderdale until they build a stadium. That took a long time doing, isn't it? Long time. I suppose US franchise sport is always is always like that, isn't it? But I always think not having the jeopardy of relegation to me and as, a, you know, it, as a fan, it, you just think. It's, yeah, it's. Um, I know that there's no chance they'll ever do much wider. Yeah, there's no chance they'll do it. But I always think that's the ultimate attraction is 
if there's no jeopardy at the bottom end of the table, then there's a certain amount of teams where if you know fairly early on that you're not going to make the playoffs, your season becomes yeah. kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I know, it's a wider conversation about US sport, but anyway. Um, who is your favourite player of the modern era? Who would you most like to line up alongside? I, I, I actually, I love Ronaldo and Messi. Um, they're... Um, they were two. I mean, and they're coming to the end of their time, and uh, but they're still great players, you know. I mean, it's it's amazing what they've done, the two of them. Um, but the Premier League, each other on. What do you say? I said, do you think they've spurred each other on in terms of their record? Yeah, must the other player do, especially Ronaldo. You know, he 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 just aspires to be the best, even now. His work ethic is unbelievable because um, he still wants to be at the top of his game. He wants to be number one, which is it's uh, wild. I mean, I, th- I saw a thing the other day. They were saying like he, like his last medical he did. They were saying physiologically he's basically like a twenty-one-year-old. Amazing in terms it? of his, you know, his like his body shape and his his kind of fat ratio and all of that kind of stuff. He's basically a twenty-one-year-old in a. How old is he now? 30, 34, 35? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's is, it is crazy. I mean, he could play on if he wanted to. There's no reason he couldn't be playing into his into his 40s, I don't think. No, yeah, he, he will. He'll play on. Why not? I mean, he yeah. scores goals. And there's and nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. Nothing better feeling than scoring. I can that work. Even so now, when I play over 60s, I get great <laughs> when I score. That's it. <laughs> And Premier League-wise, who, who catches your eye? Rashford. I like Rashford. Um, I actually like Klopp. I don't like Liverpool, but I like Klopp. And they play, I mean, they're, they just attack. Yeah, it's just isn't it? Man City, I mean, tremendous, aren't they? Because you've got teams, I mean, I would, if you have Liverpool and Man City both playing at their peak, I would choose to watch Man City play. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not to say I wouldn't enjoy Liverpool, but, I mean, Man City's kind of the Guardiola style of, it's it basically, it's, he's try, he tries to play the perfect football. Klopp basically thinks, I'm just going to, I'm just going to score more yeah. than you and we're going to Get the win. ball off you quickly and then, yeah. yeah. Which is cool. very effective, as we've seen, you know, champions of Europe. Champ, going to be champions of the Premier League, but yeah, Man City on their day when they're really ticking is yeah, there's no good. better team, I don't think. They find way to break teams down. It's uh, yeah, yeah. And then Brighton. I mean, uh, I enjoy watching Brighton. Uh, we've attacked a little more uh, this year. But it's very, very scary time. It is. <laughs> Um, I mean, that segues onto that last question as well. Like, um, obviously, we've just talked about staying up is very important for the future of the Albion, I think, especially with this whole situation going on right now. And um, what kind of what, who are the uh, who are the players that stand out to you in that squad that you think like, yeah, they've uh, they've got something special about them or I wouldn't mind lining up next to them in the blue and white? I think the um, we need a forward who scores on a regular basis. Yeah. Murray is, is is done well, but you know he's forty seven. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting on there, isn't he? You know, and he's, he's yeah. done. Well, but we need 
You need someone who scores goals on a regular basis. They're huge, huge. A goal makes a huge difference, doesn't it? You know, it could be nil-nil, one-nil, whatever. It's it's one of them things. You have a goal scorer, but you're going to pay. I mean, unless you get lucky. I hope it was going to be Andone, to be honest. I thought he was going to be the boy. And he obviously showed flashes of it in in various games, scored some important goals, but he's um, his temperament uh, let him down a couple of times. Yeah. But I thought it was a bit odd on him because he came out when he when he left to join Galatasaray on loan, he came out and said, I didn't get enough of a chance at Brighton, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the odd thing is, is that Graham Potter had started him in the, you know, he played in the first game of the season and he'd scored. So it's almost like he didn't kind of give it enough under the new manager to say, yeah. I'm actually going to get a chance. And that, that red card against Southampton just seemed... That was like ridiculous. He had gone out to basically yeah. say, yeah. I'm going to... He's probably said, I want to leave. And they've gone, no, we want to keep you. And he's gone, right, I'm going to go out and prove a point, probably in the worst possible way. That's how it came across to <laughs> me watching it. I mean, I might be doing him a disservice, but that it, it kind of... That's the way it came across that, wasn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did come across like that because what he did was ridiculous. Yeah. He was going to win the ball. There was no point. I mean, the ball had gone... Say it was. It just looked to me like he was frustrated about something. He was trying to make a point in the worst way, and he thought, "I'm just going to do what he did." I mean, he could have broken the guy's leg yeah. quite easily with that. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's been the thing we've been looking for, which is what everyone's looking for, is the golden Those. twenty goal a season striker. But I mean, we have played some very good football. I mean, I mean, there are some games. Um, obviously the Watford game at the very start, no one would have called a, a 3-0 win playing them off the park. Oh. I mean, going to the Emirates, winning there, and obviously I know it was a tight win in the end, but we were much the better team for the majority of that game. Even going to Man City, I mean, even what did we lose? 4-0, was it, Man City this year? Even then, we actually looked pretty uh, good. odd in, you know, in a 4-0 yeah, defeat to say, we've looked good, and it's just... It's the same it's kind of tight games. coming in. It's them tight games where a goal makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And basically, we need a we need a twenty three year old Peter Ward <laughs> on the pitch. Basically, would make the difference. Want to yeah. put the ball in the net? Yeah. I mean, I think we are we are a decent striker away from being probably on the verge of a top ten team. Yeah, I mean, we're good. We're playing well at the back. Was solid. Uh, I saw Dunk's debut for England. Actually, I was at the at Wembley for the uh, England USA match. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think he probably deserves a couple more appearances. He does definitely. I've heard quite a lot of fans again of an older generation saying comparing Dunk and Lawrenson. Do you see the? Is there much? Is, do you see a comparison between them? Um, yeah, I suppose I do. I think Lauro was a bit more cultured, perhaps you know, but Dunks yeah. Dunks a good player. And uh, why is that? Had another chance in the England squad? I don't know. Gareth Southgate, isn't it? Palace Palace man through and through. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that. yeah. that's it. Josh, did you have any, anything else? Nothing more for me other than thank you again for your time. Yeah, no worries. 
Yeah, I have, um, I have, I have one more question before we finish. Do you do people do your friends and your colleagues in the US do they get how much of a big deal you are in Brighton? Like do you have to explain? Like do you do you go over there, you come back um, and your trip? No, you go, well, I was mobbed literally some everywhere do. I went. Yeah, <laughs> some do. Some do, but some, you know. I mean, of course I did the um was with the Premier League here, they do a they do twice a year they do a fan fest. Yeah. And it was in Miami in December. I mean, 80 degrees, it was beautiful. And uh, a couple of young ladies from Brighton worked for the club. They were over, like my chaperones, because I went, I drove over there. And uh, we had a great time. So I was representing Brighton and did a couple of interviews. So that helped more people around here. They're saying, who is this? <laughs> anyway yeah thanks so much i say especially for you know fans of josh and i's generation to actually be able to have a bit more of an insight into you know the guy who's kind of revered by everyone of our, our dad's and uncle's generation has been great so thank you very much you're very welcome yes enjoyed it it's good we'll do it again sometime yeah definitely sure. Enjoy yeah, that. We'll, uh, we, won't, we won't keep you from your from your garden any longer go out have a nice relax in the sun and yeah, uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy that yeah. following the weather. <laughs> I'll see you later. Cheers, Ronnie. Cheers, Wardy. Bye. Thank you. Cheers, Josh. Bye. Th